This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Thanks for joining us. Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Welcome to the podcast. You are now tuned in to this episode of our podcast. Today we are going to interview some of the greatest and most influential minds in our field. And now... Please welcome your host. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. Welcome back to the program, Mom Zev Brenner. Always a delight to have Rabbi Daniel Glassing with us. He is the prolific writer. He's written over 11 books. He's the Mora the Asra of Teferis Mordechai and founder Machon Magad Hurricane Cedar Hurst, New York. He's a contemporary speaker, speaks all over, very well received, and his latest book is called Rabbi Meir Balhanes and the Eternal Children of Hashem, the world of the Tana Rabbi Meir and Hashem's infinite love for the Jewish people. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Zev. How are you? Thank God. You know, Rabbi Meir Balhanes is very popular. You have a lot of charities I see associated with his name. Yeah, they look, uh, anyone who could use Rabbi Meir is going to jump on the bandwagon, you know. Um, actually, it's it's a it's unusual. I don't think many people even understand what Rameir's connection is to uh, tzedakah. You know, every rabbi should be connected to tzedakah. How, how did they rope Rameir into uh, tzedakah specifically? So there's an idea that you know it's not it's not simple. Was it during his lifetime? Was it after his lifetime? Where they have all these charis even to this very day? It's after his life. Him. After yeah. his life. But actually, you know, it's a it's a subject of dispute whether there it's legitimate. That there's something even called the Tzedakah Rameir Balanes. Some some maintain that the way it started was uh, there was a charity associated with Ramban, Reish Mem Beis Nun. And then later on, someone mistakenly read that to read Rameir Balhanes, but really it was uh, it was affiliated with the Ramban. But most say, most say as follows you know, there's a discussion in the Talmud regarding whether. It's even permitted to give charity under all circumstances because one way to look at it is, look, God decreed, you know, so-and-so shouldn't have money and -and so-and-so should be uh, live in deprivation. So how could you go and give him, provide for him? You're contravening the will of God, so to speak. So Rabbi Huda's opinion is, well, you can only give charity when we're serving God uh, faithfully, when we're doing what is known as a ritzono shalmaka, when we're fulfilling the will of God. If you're not fulfilling the will of, will of God, you're not allowed to give charity. But a mayor is of the opinion that we're always the beloved children of Hashem and charity is always uh, admirable. And that's the association of uh, a mayor with charity. So let's analyze Rav Mayer, the master of the, of the miracles, so he was a Tana. He lived, you know, in the time of the Talmud and time of the Gemara. Let's focus on who he is and then look at why he became so popular, where okay. even today, every, most everybody who's familiar with Tanatic sages knows him. Yeah, so Rameir was uh, one of the leading Tanaim. He was a sage in the times of the Mishnah. So in the aftermath of the destruction of the Second Temple, we had the era of the Tanaim, Um What's well-known, Rabbi Akiva was a Tana, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Um, there are many well-known Tanaim. And Rabbi Meir was uh, foremost on that list. He's always the first Tana mentioned in the Mishnah. So he's known as the uh, Tanakama. And uh, 
he he was a very profound individual. The, the Talmud even says that we never we don't really understand his teachings, and because of that, we don't uh, usually rule in accordance with him. So uh, there is actually one exception to that rule. So while normally when Rameir offers a halachic opinion, we don't rule in in uh, in favor of Rameir, but when it comes to the specific dispute where a mayor issues an opinion, this is the one exception to the rule that we rule like, like Rameer, and that is, what is our relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? You know, I would always like to use the opinion of Rabbi Huda. I always like to say this. Rabbi Huda says our relationship with, with God is uh, dependent. It's conditional. If we're doing his will, we're considered his children. If we're not doing his will, we're considered his servants. You know, I, I think you know, we... That would be very convenient. Let's say you make the big mistake. You take your kids shopping. So if they behave and somebody asks, who are they? You say, they're, they're my kids. They're my biological children. If they're not behaving, people say, who are they? They have no idea. Their mother asked me to watch them for the day, you know? So Rabbi Huda's opinion is our relationship with God is conditional on our behavior. But Rabbi Meir's opinion is irrespective of our behavior, irrespective of our actions, our deeds, we're always considered the beloved children of Hashem. And Rameer goes so far as to say that even if we sin, even if we sin uh, egregiously, even if we serve idols, even if we don't believe in Hashem, the, the love Hashem has for us is immutable. That's the opinion of Rameer. And, you know, you mentioned that he's called uh, Baal Hanes, the master of miracles. You know, where does that come from? It's not found in the Mishnah or the Gemara. Actually, there's a one of the early uh, Kabbalists, one of the early Mikubalim, his name is Rabbi Yaakov Sha'altiel Ninyo. He brings that Rav Meir is the ultimate advocate for the Jewish people. He says God loves people who advocate for the Jewish people, for, who try to defend us. You know, the, like uh, it's well known, the Kloisenberger Rebbe, he had a practice, you know, he would be reading Megillah Sester, and in the middle of the Megillah, he would break off and like have a conversation with Hashem, pleading with God to to have mercy on us. He he would be like our defense attorney, like Rabbi Levi Yitzchak Barditchev. So God loves people who defend his people. And Rabbi Meir is our ultimate advocate because the ultimate advocacy of the Jewish people is, look Hashem, it's been 2,000 years in Gullus. These are your children. Have mercy on them. You know, cut them some slack. That that's the worldview of Rav Meir, that Hashem's love for us as our Father is infinite. And uh, therefore, that gave Rav Meir the ability that in his merit, uh, great miracles uh, occur. But there are other Tanam and sages that ascribed miracle powers and also had a love for the Jews. What was it that, became, that he became so popular to this very day uh, you know, and people know Rabbi Akiva, maybe have an Akiva named after him, but they have the charities and they have the influence that he has. So is that itself a miracle or what's what's the story with that? It's definitely a miracle. This way it it boosts the book sales on this book, you know, <laughs> because uh, people didn't know Rameer, then uh, it would, the, the title wouldn't work. But, you know... <laughs> You see in, on the cover, it's actually a beautiful cover. Art Scroll made a spectacular cover. Uh, Rabbi Eli Krohn designed this cover. And this is his uh, burial site in uh, Tveria. And actually, this is a little uh, 
little known trivia maybe for your audience. You could put it out there, you know, um, what city will Mashiach reveal itself in? You know, what, what city will Mashiach come to first? You know, well, people, you know, Muncie, Barra Park, um, Lido Beach, you know, what's the what's the first city? I say if it's in America, it's going to be Cedarhurst, where I live. Because it's, it's the closest to JFK, right? It's closest no, to... but the Chabad say it's going to be in Eastern Park, where they say Mashiach will be proclaimed from the top of 770, right? Yeah, well, well, they're they're quite far from the airport, so I think I still have an edge on that. So, uh, but actually, the Gemara says it's Tveria, Tveria. Mashiach revealed to Gemara and Rosh Hashanah that the uh, the Sanhedrin was exiled to ten places after the Chorban, and God's divine presence followed them. Last stop was Tveria, and Mashiach will reveal itself in Tveria. So the question is like, well, where did the, where does that come from? Why will Mashiach reveal itself in Tveria? Why does Tveria have the distinction? That Mashiach will reveal itself. So this this great Makubal, uh, his sefer is called Ms. Liakov. Rav Yaakov Shalti Al Nino says that ultimately, when it comes time for Mashiach to come, um, so the nations of the world and the angels are going to say, "Who are you bring Mashiach for? For these people, but they have this sin and they have this uh, wrongdoing." And ultimately, our defense is going to be, "God, but we're your children, so you got to bail us out. You got to help us." But it's not simple that that's, in fact, our relationship with God. As we mentioned, Rabbi Huda disagrees with that. So the Mashiach has to reveal itself in a place where the the halakhic ruling in that location is that we're always the children of Hashem. Now, Rabbi Meir, he's the Mara de Asra. He's the the rabbi. He's the halakhic decisor of Tveria. He's the rabbi of Tveria. He's buried in Tveria. Therefore, when Mashiach reveals itself in Tveria, Nobody could challenge the coming of Mashiach because Rameir will get up and say, look, I'm the rabbi over here. My ruling is that uh, that the Jewish people are the beloved children of Hashem. So Mashiach's really only available place of revelation is the city of Tver. In fact, the Arizal reveals Rameir was buried in a very unusual position. Rameir is buried standing. Why was that? You know, usually you say somebody's horizontal when they're when they're buried. You know, they're in their repose. Rav Meir is not in his repose. The idea is his merit stands for the Jewish people until the end of time. So his his burial in that position is symbolic that his merit stands for us uh, until the end of time. And I think that's why he's so popular because we need him. You know, we need him. We need this concept more than anything else. The Jewish people always have to be cognizant that uh, we're the beloved children of Hashem. And we have to act like it. We have to we have to act like God desires our mitzvahs. He desires our learning of Torah. He desires our prayers. He desires our, our mitzvahs because he loves us. This is the fundamental principle of Judaism. You know, Chida, I'm a very big fan of the Chida, Rav Chaim Yosef David Azulai. Actually, I don't know if I ever mentioned, we've spoken about my grandfather many times, you know. After the war, my grandfather, as a survivor, he was made the head of the religious department of the Joint Distribution Committee. He published the first svarim for the survivors. And the first sefer he published for the survivors was the Chida, the Lev David of the Chida. I'm going to go off script, I'm going to show it to you. This, here, you see in the army green. Wow. This is uh, published in Munich. Uh, you, there's, you see, there's a sticker here. It's, it says a stamp here, American Joint Distribution Committee. So I feel because my grandfather 
published the fir- the Chida for the survivors. I'm very connected to the Chida. In fact, very recently, somebody got for me a the Chida signature. Now the Chida has a wondrous signature. The Chida's signature, he signed his name in the shape of a boat because his great-great-grandfather, Rabbi Avram Azulai, who, by the way, was a rabbi in Gaza. Oh. Yeah. He was a great Mekobal, and he was a rabbi in Hebron, and then later on he was a rabbi in uh, Gaza. In fact, I got a sefer today from Avram, Rabbi Avram Azulai. It's called Bale Bris Avram. His name is Avram Azulai. And I believe it was first published in Gaza in the 18th century. So he was the great-great-grandfather of Chida. Now, Chida's great-great-grandfather was saved miraculously on a boat. And, and therefore, he would sign his name in the shape of a boat. And the Chida kept that signature. So I recently got a hold of, somebody got for me, the Chida's signature. I'm going to show it to you now. <laughs> Those that are just tuning in, we're speaking with Rab, Rabbi Daniel Glotzi, the prolific writer, he's a Rav and Moradash of Kehilas, the Ferris Mordechai, and founder of Machon, Magad Harakia in Cedarhurst, New York. His latest book, published by Art Scroll, is called Rabbi Meir Balhanes and the Eternal Children of Hashem, the worldview of the Tana of Meir and Hashem's infinite love for the Jewish people. Yeah, thank you. So, and I'll tell you why I'm mentioning the Chida. Here, if uh, this is actually the a, a work, a book the Chida owned um, from the 18th century. It's called the Archos Chaim of one of the Rishonim. And he signed it. He signed his name in the shape of a boat. If you can and, just angle the camera so we can see a little bit more those that are watching on YouTube, you can see it on YouTube. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And the reason I mentioned the Chida is the Chida writes that the fundamental principle of the Torah, you know, if you if you would sum it up into one mitzvah, one concept, the fundamental principle of the Torah is that we are the beloved children of Hashem. And as an outgrowth of that, we have mitzvahs. They're not obligations, they're privileges. Because there are many mitzvahs that the nations of the world were not, not only were they not commanded, they're not permitted. Because these are special opportunities. For example, Shabbos. Shabbos is not only our merit, but um, only we are permitted to keep the Shabbos. Because Shabbos is considered the... uh, scepter of Hashem and only the king's son is allowed to pick up the scepter so there's an idea that all the mitzvahs are outgrowths of us being children to Hashem another example is tzitzis uh, the Ben Chai, in his view on tzitzis you have eight strings and five knots that's 13 but you have four corners so 13 times 4 is 52 Ben Son, the message of tzitzis is that we're the son of Hashem. And whether the two strings in the front, whether we're headed in the right direction or the two strings in the back, whether we're heading the wrong direction, we're always Hashem's children. So there's an idea that all the mitzvahs in the Torah, when, when, when it boils down to it, could be uh, come to the fundamental principle that we're the beloved children of Hashem. What's, so... Yeah. What made you decide at this point in time to write a book about Rabbi Mary <laughs> Malhanes? Because well, a lot of people you could have chosen, what made you all of a sudden, the 11th book, this is it? 
<laughs> well, firstly, um, Rameir is very connected to the Amtaf of Hanukkah. So I wanted this to come out for Hanukkah. Rameir has a famous prayer, May the God of Mayor answer me, which many people may say, well, he, he's praying the God of him, you know, the God of Mayor should answer him. But the commentaries say, no, that can't be because God never associates himself with any individual in their lifetime. God did not call himself Eleke Avram when Avram was alive, only after Avram's demise. And in, in Yitzchak's lifetime, he wasn't the God of Yitzchak. He was Pachad Yitzchak, the awe of Yitzchak, the dread of Yitzchak. So what does it mean, The idea is, uh, the Marsha explains that Rameir was invoking the Yom Tov of Hanukkah, the God who illuminated our lives in the times of Hanukkah, he should answer us. So Rameir was always uh, connected to the Yom Tov of Hanukkah. Uh, and that was his intention in the prayer, the God that illuminated our lives in the times of Hanukkah, he should answer us. And actually, Hanukkah is another demonstration that we're the uh, beloved children of Hashem. Uh, first, we you know it's interesting. We see in the in the prayer that we say on Hanukkah, the climax of it is and after the miracle, ba'u banecha, your children came back into the temple. We emphasize the fact that our relationship with Hashem is is as children, and because. Uh, the Yavanim did not want us to uh, to be to to claim that title for ourselves. One of the things the Greeks were trying to abolish was our right to be considered the children of Hashem. And really, at a time like this, when the Jewish people are in a very tenuous situation, look in our lifetime, we've never felt anything like this. And and with the difficulties that the Jewish people all over the world, especially in Eretz Yisrael, are going through, person could forget and think, you know, why are we being challenged like this? Is our relationship with Hashem in jeopardy? What is God, how does God feel about us now? So especially at a time like this, now more than ever, we always have to, we have to emphasize that irrespective of what happens in the world, our relationship with Hashem is untouchable. We're always the beloved children of Hashem. Actually, there's a really beautiful idea that even though we say Hashem's love for us doesn't change, it does change. But here's how it changes. You know, we say every morning before we say Shema, we say Ahava Raba Ahavtanu. Many would translate it with a great love, you loved us. Loved us. But Rav Schwab, in his commentary mm-hmm. to the Siddur, says, no, it's a mistake to say the word Raba means great. Raba doesn't mean great, it means expanding, increasing. God's love for the Jewish people, Rabbi, gets greater and greater, bigger and bigger. So the analogy I like to give is, you know, when I was a kid, if you didn't know a Gemara, so what do you do? I don't know, you open up a Sensino Gemara, and you know, like, you look at an archaic uh, English, and you realize maybe the Aramaic is more understandable than the English. And then they came out with like Art Scroll on uh Mesechta Amakois, and then some Prakim in Bamatsiyah. And by now, the whole Talmud is in English. And actually, if there's any Rashi in the whole Shas a person doesn't understand, you could have a Mesifta Gemara, explains every Rashi in Shas. Now Art School is coming out with Toysvis. You know, I didn't have that as a kid. My kids have it. 
So why are all these resources available now? Rabbi Schwab says, you know why? Because God loves the Jewish people more and more and more. As time passes, we become more irresistible to Hashem. His love for us increases as evident by really the expansion of, of the Torah in, an, in a remarkable way. So more than ever, we need to uh, be cognizant of, of Hashem's immense love for the Jewish people. And even in tough times, it, we have to understand his love for us is, is in uh, is high is hidden, and we hope and we pray that it should be it should come out and be revealed, and Rav Meir should herald in the Mashiach from the holy city of Tavaria, and. Uh, so is it one tradition? Is Rav Meir supposed to usher in the Messianic age? I thought it was Elio Hanavi, the Elijah the prophet. So what absolutely. role do you have uh, with Elijah with Elijah? Eliyahu is the one who heralds it, but. Um, in order for it to happen, we have to rely. We need to rely on the merit of Rabbi Meir. So uh, Elijah still has his job. We're not infringing on any of his uh, rights, but the the merit for Mashiach to come is contingent on our relationship with Hashem as His beloved children, which is the teaching, the great teaching of Rabbi Meir Balanes. But isn't the teaching is, and before I let you go, that either Kula Zaki either will be completely righteous or completely not righteous, that will herald in the Messianic age, which would mean that we may not be, you know, virtuous, but yet God says the time for Mashiach because we're such a perilous state. Yeah, but, you know, even that, why why would he offer us that, you know, that clause that if if we don't merit it with our deeds, we'll get it anyway. That's because really, we're still his children. Yeah, that's exactly it. it. We're still his children. And just to end off, you know, traditionally people lose something. You know, they lose their watch, they lose their keys, they lose their mind, you know. So they put money in the charity box and they, they offer a tefillah in the merit of Rameer, they should find it. You know, what does Rameer got to do with their missing uh, car keys? So the idea I like to suggest is, you know, the, the physical world is a reflection of the spiritual world. In the world of Rameer, a Jew is never lost because a Jew could always come back because they always have that unbreakable relationship with their father. So if in the spiritual world, nothing is ever lost, in the physical world also, some everything can be found. Nothing is uh, lost forever. That's why we summon Rav Meir, so to speak, you know, if we're trying to look for something. And by the and, way, go ahead. And, you know, traditionally his yard site is observed on uh, Pesach Sheni, which I like to say is because it's the day of second chances. Because in the world of Rameir, there's always another chance because you're a beloved child. But many suggest that, in fact, Rameir's yard site is on Rosh Chodesh Teves on Hanukkah. And uh, that's why Ben Eshchai writes on Rosh Chodesh Teves to light a, a candle. And, and the name is Meir, which means to enlighten. That's a connection to Hanukkah. So he certainly uh, is somebody, the master of the miracle and the, he'll usher in the Messianic age. So I want to thank you for joining us. What's your next book going to be on? The next book uh, is on, don't tell my kids, but it's on Chinuch uh, Habanam, on child wearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's Hanukkah, by the way. It's Chinuch too. Comes the word Chinuch, Hanukkah, exactly. right? It's, uh, exactly. Exactly. Anyway, thank you for joining us. And the book is called Rabbi Meir Balhanes. Uh, and you can get it uh, at Better Bookstores or Artscroll.com is now available at 20% off. Okay. <laughs> Very good. That's a special, a special gift from uh, from Arsgrove. 
Rabbi yeah. Daniel J. Glonstein, uh, written 11 books, including this one, this 11th one. He is also the founder and the mower, the asra of Machon, Margaret Herakir in Cedarhurst, and the, and the Rav of Kehilas, the Ferris Mordechai, Cedarhurst, New York. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Zev. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. For continuous Jewish programs, talklinenetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or jewishpodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the thetalklinenetwork.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.